Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Welcome, boys and girls, to uh, what did you say it was? The Corona lockdown. So this is officially, I don't know the exact weeks or months, but this is officially podcast number two of Contagion slash Outbreak. What's happening, babies? <sighs> Dude, how are you holding up? You know, I, you know, and listen, man, I'm, it's, it's weird. Like I'm, you know, I'm starting to acclimate to what this bullshit is, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to get too comfortable. No, dude, I'm bored out of my mind. It's different. I think it's a little different out here than it is where you are at. Cause I think you have, I know you're supposed to stay at home, but I know there's more things going on out on the West coast than there is out here. Cause you go out here, people get mad. Are they like, I, I know at one point, especially, was it last week or something, they had military presence out there. They still got that? Uh, I believe in the city they do. I don't go into the city because I'd have to take um, the path train and I'm not getting on a sub. I mean, this is, this is a, I mean, I don't know why they don't talk about this on the news, but um, I, and, and I could be completely wrong, but the reason I think that it hits hard, hits so hard out here, especially in New York City and in some of these uh, areas in New Jersey is because they're on trains and on the subways and on the path trains. And, you know, we, we commute, everybody's on a bus, you know, we were all in those tight little, uh, little tubes. And so I think that's how this got so bad so fast out here is what I, that's one of the reasons I'm sure that's not the only reason, but that's just my feeling. So I've stayed, as soon as I found out, that this was getting to where it was, I stopped going into the city. So I haven't been there for well over two weeks now. And you literally, from sunup to sundown, don't leave your house? Um, there's an area right around here where we uh, walk. We have, like, this big walkway, so, like, you don't have to come in contact with anybody else. And right across the way from me, uh, I can see this. We have a stadium here The for uh, – I'm going to open up my window here – for uh, the uh, Red Bulls. Um, they're uh, the soccer team. 
and uh, so there's a big area right around here. People work out and do stuff, but you you can be far away from everybody when you when you do it. Damn. Okay. So. So, but what out there? Do you get to go out? Do you, is there areas that you can go? Like, like I said, well, I mean, not for recreational purposes. Like, if you try to go to the beach, they've taken the volleyball nets down. They've closed <coughs> like Santa Monica Pier. They've closed the gates. So, so obviously, they've done things where you can't go places to do recreational shit. But nobody's going to stop you from taking a walk or tell you you have to go home or ride a bike. I mean, you could still do that kind of shit. Well, they're so, supposed to let know. us do exercise stuff. That's that's part of it because they don't want people going mental from from this too. They want us going outside and exercising. So that's it, right? But, here, man. That's but what what do you got? I interrupted you. No, I was saying I, I'm I, no unless you you know fuck unless you go into the grocery store or something like that. I mean, where do you really need to go? Right. Do, uh, when you go to the grocery store out there, do they limit the amount of people inside the store? Yeah, you got to stand in line for like fucking 20 minutes because they only let like one person in at a time. And once one person goes out, they let another person in. Yeah, that's what that's what they're doing out here, too. Well, so everything's pretty much the same across the country. Unless you're. So let me ask you this. I, I, I don't know if you saw this. Um, D.L. Hewley posted this and it was it was actually he took a picture from the TV screen where Trump had asked the question, CNN, breaking news, Trump's quote on an unproven drug in order to combat the coronavirus. Trump said, what do you have to lose? And then the president of the American Medical Association said, you could lose your life. So, of course, I went in on the fact that Trump said that. And this guy hit me back and he goes, get your facts right. Now, I might be pronouncing this wrong. Chloroquine yep. has been deemed 100% safe and effective in low dosage for pregnant women in all trimesters and children as small as 5-8 kg. Then he sent me a link and his earmarked as essential and safe treatment by the CDC. Another link. It's been in use for 73 years. Patents are up and it's safe. $7 cure for the panic. That's the real problem. Um, to which I responded to him, well, if you think that paying $7 is a problem for the cure for a pandemic, um, then that probably is a bigger issue. And, I, and I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember exactly what I said to him, but he had went back and forth with me for quite some time. And listen, at the end of the day, Oh, here's what I said. So if you think seven bucks is a problem because that's too steep to stop a pandemic, which should be made available for free, then my facts aren't the real issue. You goddamn fucking moron. Tell him what he's won, Bob. So again, I don't know a whole lot about the medicine thing, but my whole thing is if the president of the FDA, or the president is saying you could lose your life, why is this even an argument? Well, I think... That, 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 dude, I, I, I don't even want to. First of all, you'd have to take this a step further and, and know that other countries have been using this to treat it. And even in this country, we're using uh, the, the chloroquine to, to treat, to, to minimize the uh, 
the effects of the coronavirus. It doesn't cure the virus, but it minimizes the, 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 how it's attacking you. Um, but in Sweden, they just said that they're not going to use it, that they're, they're eliminating that from, its, from the protocol. So, Did they say why? No, and it's not killing anybody. But I think one of the things that's scary about when Trump says what he says is if you say, what do you have to lose? Well, that means any, any medicine that you think might work or any cure you hear about on the Internet, people might try. I, I think this is what happens when you have a person that doesn't really have the communication skills to say the right things. Uh, man, it, like when on the last podcast, I was hoping the best for this dude so that, uh, like th- th- we'd almost want to reelect him. I don't want to reelect him, but almost want to, because that would mean people were healthy and he was doing the right things. But this guy isn't gonna, he, he, he can't help not say it the right way. He can't help not do it the right way. I, I don't think innately he means to be come off this way. I really don't because he's still the president. I would think that the president would want uh, certain things to happen, even though he downplayed it, he did do a lot of the things wrong. But this man, I, I, I've lost. Like, I lo- the problem is, if I lose faith in this, I lose faith faith in the presidency of the United States, not just him, because there's so many things going on around this. And and, oh, and, 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 and you haven't you you're not at that place yet. Oh no, I've lost faith in him, but I don't want to lose faith in in the presidency. I don't want to lose faith in the country. And when I say presidency, I mean I, I I don't mean this president. I mean in the presidency, in what we do here. To put a person in office like this, they can't communicate correctly. They can't say the right things at the right time. That doesn't that talks over the uh, the experts. Uh, and I know he's getting. You know he. There's no way that he's saying some of these things if he's not getting information from somewhere and i know like there there, there was fights um with fauci uh is, is am i saying his right name fauci is that how he says it the doctor uh, uh, uh yeah I, I guess when when they were having an argument about you know and this is where like I, like i can't blame him for saying so i can't blame him for wanting him to say certain things like when he was saying you know put a cover over your face you know put a mask go, and he was like and the doctor was like uh, well, you know, I don't really think that that's going to do. And now we're saying, yeah, you need to cover up. But see, the reason we need to cover up isn't because it's going to protect you from the virus. And this is where this communication thing is, because Trump was saying one thing, the doctor's saying the other thing, and the doctor's saying, hey, this isn't going to really protect you. And the doctor's worried about masks that the medical community needs and us taking those. And then that's why Trump was saying, you put a scarf on, how, what, 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 could it hurt? what could it hurt? But Trump was actually right in the idea, but not for the right reasons. The reason you put the scarf on or the something over your face is because you have to assume, since they, they don't know what the number of people that don't display any symptoms that are actually carrying the disease, uh, those people, it's protecting you. If you believe that you go out and you have it, if you have Corona, if you have the coronavirus, that uh, that's protecting you from putting those germs out into the world. So it's protect you. Got you have to assume that you have it, even if you don't, because you could be a carrier. Because there's not enough testing. So these guys are all right. fighting with each other, and that's where that's what I'm saying. I'm losing faith in the in the in the, 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 the. To me, the government's always the judicial and and, and the Congress have are always been the most important part of how our government runs and that the president was always the face 
And the face is, there's no leadership there where I can go, okay, this makes sense. I mean, we have to, and you know, in some ways, maybe this is better. We're all doing investigations. I don't think everybody, there are some people that are just listening to either the president uh, or whoever is speaking, but I think that there's more to this now. I think we're actually doing investigations. We're looking up things. We're trying to get more information. And it's available to us. But we have to go through a lot of bullshit yeah. to get to the information. Yeah, because the guy hit me back and he said, what I meant to say is that this drug is, a ch- is cheap and safe and been in use for 73 years. I sent you links to the safety studies from the CDC. Please do the research before telling your followers it's dangerous. And then my reply to him was, well, then better articulate your point. That's something you and this current president need to do. Words matter. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe, maybe this guy with, with, with what he sent me, the links, maybe he's right. I don't know. I don't, I'm not part of the medical world. But my whole thing was if the, if the president of the FDA is telling you it's dangerous or it's, you could lose your life, why wouldn't I go with that? Well, and if he is right, if this guy is right, well, then again, Trump needs to better, as you said, articulate his point because words matter. And when you say shit recklessly, it comes with repercussions. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's my point that, that we're on the same page. I'm probably saying it a little bit differently, but that's why I'm losing faith because we can't even put a, we can't put a person in front to, to, we're rudderless. We don't have someone steering this boat. We just have a bunch of people yelling at each other about how it's going to be done. And it's not, you know, it's not working. It's, it's not, honestly, it may be working, but it isn't working the, the right way or the way that might be better. I, I think we could be served better and we should be served better from our federal government and the state government. And I, and I even understand some of the things with the federal and the state. I understand state government and we're supposed to, we're supposed to move to the state first, but when, it's going to affect the whole country. I don't understand why he hasn't stepped in on some other things as well. But that's what, what the, you know what I really like though? I really think this would be the best thing. This would make me feel better about everything. Trump does these things every single night, right? The, the speaking, whatever it's called, his updates, his Corona updates. Yeah. Do you know, like at the end of uh, the Chappelle show, um, Danielle Rawlings used to, you know, do that, you know, I'm rich bitch. Yeah. I would like it to end, and when it ends, and we know that, and it's over, the, the Trump speech every night. And I don't even like this person, but I would love to hear this after every single episode. I would just like to hear Cardi B yell, coronavirus, after every, <laughs> just to end the broadcast that night. Just, I think that her, the way she said that is, it's, it's the only thing that I take funny out of this thing where I walk around. And anytime I see something that's gross or wrong or people are like, you know, they're walking and I see them. About, we were walking the other day, Tara and I, and we're, we're, we're walking up to this other couple and we're on the sidewalk and it gets a little narrow. We're not going to be within six feet. And I just look at Tara and I go, coronavirus. And we, <laughs> and we all started laughing, you know, because there's nothing else to do. But I just think that that would be right. a way to end it so that maybe at the end of the day, yeah, we're, we're dealing with this, but there has to be some kind of humor in this, but Watching these guys bumble around, and and I mean, like this is brand new. I mean, the coronavirus, the coronavirus has been around forever. They're, these are all viruses that are a part of the same family, and I get that. But this virus, this one that we can catch so easily, 
this one, we haven't had this before. Obviously, we have never shut a country. We never shut down the world like we're doing right now. And so, of course, we're going to bumble around a little bit. But it's, it, it's just that I, I haven't seen anyone uh, that, uh, that's on these press conferences that I go, that's the dude I want to listen to every night. At, at, the, when I'm, at the end of the day, that's who I want to listen to. So that, that's been my – even out here with the – I don't want to get into state politics either but because everybody's living in their own state having to deal with their own uh, governors and stuff. And it, it, it's just – it's difficult. I would like some uh, – I'd like some adults to sit at the table and speak like adults and stop fighting with each other. But we got someone in office who like who, – who just – but we're supposed to be better than this. But this is the dude who's supposed to represent – this country causes these fights. So I, I'm done with right. this. I don't want to get on coronavirus and, and Trump the whole time. Uh, but uh, well, let me, let me, I, I, okay. Go ahead. I, I want to throw something. I want to throw something at you. Uh, somebody hit me with, they mentioned you, uh, but kind of not necessarily coronavirus, but on the topic of politics and, you know, people's feelings. Again, I, I still am wondering what will it take for Trump supporters to finally go, okay, we're starting to see it. Because again, they protect this man to the fucking end. But like, you know, shut up and dribble. Anytime you do something that isn't just jokes, people get, they get triggered. So this guy hits me and he goes, uh, damn dude, get off the politics pot and back to the jokes. Either, although you don't seem to be that great at either, then he goes on to say, I mean, you're definitely not the worst, but nowhere near the best. I think some might say, Wash, you're the pandering type of comic, which is fine because people will pay to be pandered to. It's natural. You found your niche. Your fans are lucky you got your boy Steinberg so they can see someone tell a real joke and just say what they already think. To him, I replied, you sound like a hurt piece of pussy. I'm quite sure that if I said everything to rub your little balls the right way, You'd still have a poster of me on your wall. Fuck out of here, you hurt vaginal bitch. Look at the Ste- laugh out loud at laugh out loud at the Steinberg comment. And then I only said this, and I'm saying this to you. And you know, I've used this example with you, Andy, in terms of Steve Kerr. Yeah. But, I, but I brought this up to him. I go, uh, so in other words, Michael Jordan turns you down for an autograph, and now because your feelings are hurt, you telling him Steve Kerr is better than him. You hurt piece of pussy. <laughs> Like it just—it's amazing. Just, just stick to the yuck yucks. Dude. Any fucking time I talk politics, for those that don't agree with me, I'm all of a sudden not funny, and I need to stick to what I know. Well, I, I watch some. I mean, obviously, I pay attention to what you're posting, and I agree with some of the stuff that you're saying. I don't agree with some of the stuff you're saying, but I always find the funny part in what you're saying, and that's because I'm not letting my emotions dictate. Uh, what someone's saying. I never really have. I try to find the reality in what anybody says and the humor in what people say. I mean, honestly, if we weren't dying, Trump would be the funniest person that I could see right now because Trump is just advocated by saying, hey, what will uh, a drug that... Uh, what does it hurt? What's going to hurt you? He, he's advocating for, for weed to be legal at that point. I mean, there's something funny in the, in, in the guy who's supposed to be running this saying, hey, you know, if it doesn't hurt you, well, you know, what's, what's the difference? So there is funny in all this, but these guys get hurt. They, they, their feelings are involved. In and, you know, rightfully so. Some people, you know, are losing family members. We don't know what's going on with people. We don't know how we're touching them. 
So, you know, I don't know what happened with that guy, but, you know, then when you start throwing insults, now we're doing the same thing that people on TV are doing that I can't stand. So, but I will say this because I don't, I, I don't want to be the whole political, but this could turn into a whole political podcast because about what I'm going to say is going to freak you out because you said two things. You said, why, when are these people going to know uh, and stop support? Basically, when are they going to come to the realization that they can't support this guy? Uh, have you, 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 we've been to Vegas, Right. You said what? We've been to Vegas together. We we gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you see all those billion dollar buildings, the building billion dollar strip, and all the money that's going through Vegas? Yeah. Does that and that's all there because people have lost money. So what I'm trying to say is, he's like a lost. He's like lost money. But these people are going to continue to double down on him because they have their money into him. They're invested into him. And they're going to keep doubling down until they either lose everything or he does something that they can take a little bit of money home. That's, a, that's a scary idea. That's a mentality. It's a mentality. It's the reason why Vegas has big buildings, has, has all the lights. It's because people in their mind will keep doubling down because they feel they're going to win eventually. He's, we're going to win. We're going to win. But here's the sad part. If we went to an election today, you think Biden can beat Trump right now? Even with everything Trump's doing wrong right now, you think Biden can beat Trump? I'd almost say yes. The only reason he has a chance right now is because they have kept him out of the press. He, he's, he's, another, he's another person that I don't want to hear. I, I wouldn't want him to be responsible for my, my children. My, and when I say responsible, I mean making policy that is responsible for my kids' future. I don't want Trump either, but go ahead. And I got to stop you, man, because now, now I got to take you back to something that you've always stood firm on. So even knowing everything that you know now, from the beginning to right now, what's today's date? Fucking April 7th, Tuesday at approximately 12.58 p.m. West Coast time. You still would rather not have Hillary over Trump? Do I rather not have Hillary over Trump? No, you, you'd rather not, you, you, you I, would rather have Trump over Hillary? I'd rather, like knowing everything you I'd know rather now. have Bernie over Trump. No, 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 but, but let's, let's, Bernie's not, I'm talking Hillary, because I know you're disdain for Hillary. You with, would, if you had to choose. With my children's, my go, children's future on the line? Yeah, I, I guess everything. You, you have to go with Hillary at that point. Because my children's future is okay. on the line. And I don't know what this, guy's, what this guy can possibly do, but, but this Biden, other than being the vice president for Obama, what has Biden done? What what has Biden done that you can just recall? I'm not asking. I, I know he's done things. I know. I know he's also sat on prison reform during the uh, the Clinton administration too. Uh, but my uh, my point is, what in in your in in your memory, what has he done besides being the vice president for Obama? I don't know, but. Dude, I would take anybody gladly over 
over Trump, man. But here's the problem. All those people, when I said they're going to double down and keep doubling down on him, they're all going to come out to support him. They're all going to come back out to support him. And you need Biden to energize that party to come out and vote for him, the Democratic Party to vote for him. The energy is going to be behind Trump already. That's my point. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy with my choices. Because I'm going to tell you this. Is this country is, is supposed to be the greatest country in the world, right? And this is going to be our two choices. 70-something-year-old white men. Tell me how that looks like we've gone forward. I mean, well, the majority, I mean, with the exception of the one Negro, the majority have been old white men. Now, I don't know that they've been 70, but the majority has been old white men. That's business as usual. Yeah, but this is a time when I would think that some of the, not the, not, that this is the first time that I could see that someone in a technology age would be looking like a presidential frontrunner. Somebody who has had success, who is put together, who understands where we are in this new time in the world. We got guys that are running that come from a completely different time in our country. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we haven't found anybody to step up. Do you, do you, you do understand, if you take a look at Barack, take race out of it. What what did he have that was so appealing? He was younger. Well, you can't. He was younger. He was right. youthful. He had understanding of the generation that was coming up. He wasn't protecting. What you going for? Yeah, he wasn't protecting right. an older generation and older ways of doing things. I, I'm just disappointed that we we can't find anybody out of this out of the country. That these are our two. This is going to be our two choices. If the Democratic Party doesn't go into the their whatever it is, the the where they go and find their their candidate, uh, if they don't pick someone other than Biden, I don't know what's going to happen. But and I'm not even saying it has to be Bernie. I don't care who they pick, but pick somebody. That Biden is not it. Yeah, I don't care who they pick either. I, I just again knowing what I know, you know, and for this for this administration knowing this could have been preventable, him calling it a hoax, not taking it seriously, and looking at how it's affected the economy and our personal financial bottom line, I, I couldn't be more than done with this dude. And I was done with him before this. Yeah, but there's some other things in there that have to be looked at when you, when you say that, only because he's calling it a hoax or saying that this is going to disappear at the same time that he wants to shut down the traffic from China to the United States, the air, the, uh, the air traffic. He doesn't want people coming over. And then that move was actually called racist at one point when actually that was the right move. But if he's calling it a hoax, why did he want to shut it down? See, this guy's talking out of both sides of his faces. And this may be because he's, he's who he is. This is also because the government isn't trustworthy. They're, they're, they're saying they have to be saying one thing I think that there's someone in office who can't find a way to navigate government where you tell the people it's going to be okay and at the same time take precaution. We're doing all the things for you that we can do and 
work behind the scenes. This guy just says things that are outlandish. And I know, like, when you say that he said it's a hoax, and he did, and he said, it's not going to be a big deal. We're going to get this. It's almost nothing here. And then he's cutting off the airport, the, the, the traffic to the airplane. There's more in there that someone knows. So mm. I, I think this is more, this is, I, I, I think that if we really break this down a little bit and, and not just focus on Trump, because see, this is the, this is the thing. This is where I, I'm getting frustrated uh, with certain people in the media that just put this on Trump, because this isn't just on Trump. Trump is like, and, and I don't want to compare Trump to Hitler. That's not my point here. But you said something very interesting. Uh, we had a conversation a long time ago where you said um, it's, it was a joke that uh, someone did about, uh, I don't know if it was a joke or how it was put up. It, it, it's that Jews had Hitler to blame that on, but black people never had anybody to blame slavery on. Who, who was that? Who was that comedian? No, I, I, it's who I think you're thinking about, Patrice. Yeah, I think it is Patrice. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're paraphrasing that pretty badly. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> sorry. It was, the, the gist of it was, yes, the Jews have Hitler, but Hitler was a symbol. Uh, he was a mustache. That mustache was a symbol. Black people have never had a symbol. Right. Just to say it's white people, you know, it wasn't a symbol. Right, because then it's all white people instead of just white right. people. And we had exactly. and when the Jews had Hitler, they had the mustache, they had a, they had a place to put all that angst and, and hatred and animosity and, and blame and blame more so anything else blame. But the truth is, there was a whole country that was behind Hitler. It wasn't like I used to tell this joke. I, it, I was like Hitler was nobody. He was just some some uh, person that just walked into a bar one day, frustrated, ordered a beer and then yelled, I fucking hate Jews. And then a bunch of other people go, yeah, you know what? We do too. That's, and then the whole, then they were able to put a country behind this. But it wasn't just, right. it wasn't just Hitler. It couldn't be just Hitler because there was a whole country that was able to, and, and a whole, let's not, let's not take this too far. I'm, I'm, I'm using this to make a, a point. It's not just Trump. Obviously, it's the people that elected him that we're talking about, and we're talking about the people who even who elected him is fine. I'm not even going to be mad at those people. I'm going to say, but the people like you say who still continue to support him, who are still doubling down on him, that's a problem. Now, the government itself, as we look at Trump and how he's saying things, and some things I just said, like him saying two different things at the same time, he's talking about... Uh, medication that we don't and saying, why can't you do this and go ahead and try this because he's hearing something from somewhere else that's working somewhere because he wouldn't just say it out of the blue to see he's not smart enough to know about this stuff. So what is our government doing? What is the problem? What's the disconnect from the government to the people? We got to, we got to look beyond. This is an odd, this is an opportunity for us to look not even just at, at the, uh, you know, like it's like if you have an abscess, there's a there's an infection on your arm, but there's more to it than that. And this is what this is. This is an this is an infection of the government. What is wrong in the bigger picture? Not only is this person in charge, but why is he saying these these things where he does talk out of both sides of his mouth? He is giving disinformation at the same time he's actually saying the right the right things about other things in the same linear thought process. There's a bigger problem. That, that's just, uh, that's well, my, that's my take, but I'm also a sl- not a conspiracy theorist, but I believe behind 
everything, there's a little disinformation going on. Right, right. That's just me, but I still... No, I hear you. I could live with this a lot better if every night I just heard, coronavirus! Yeah, I, I like that. I like that as the sign of coronavirus! Wouldn't it be... It would be it's much real, better. coronavirus! <laughs> That's how you sign off want- at the end of the night. <laughs> I so don't want to like that bitch. I don't um, like her, but that is she did she did the best job with that coronavirus thing right there, accidentally or on right. purpose. What do you want to talk about besides um, this? I don't want to talk about the Cheeto anymore. Okay, um, so I finally watched The Shining. Um, you know, it's funny, man. I, I, I liked it, but it's amazing how certain shit just feels dated, and it just it's. It felt like if I had seen that in 1980, it would have been the scariest, most interesting movie I had ever seen. But I think a horror movies almost like, unless you're just that good, horror movies feel like milk, man. There's an, there's an expiration date. You know, a movie like Shawshank Redemption will be good forever. A horror movie feels like, you know, milk. Like it just, there's, a, there's a date when it's over. Well, see, I really like The Shining, but I saw it in its, you know, in the original, you know, when it was, uh, when it came out. But the thing about The Shining, and, and you're right, though, but it's dated because people have added layers to a movie like The Shining over the years. And the storytelling in The Shining is very, very simple, but... I think that some of it is when you watch a movie at home the way we do today, you know, with the lights on and, you know, you got your phone with you and you're not just focused on a screen in a dark room. It changes. The Shining is a real psychological thriller, I think, where you have to you have to be in it. And I don't think you can do that in your home the same way. I I, I think you're shortchanged a little bit by by seeing it at your house. That's no, I, I I no, I, I think you can. I just think that as life progresses and shit becomes more, I don't want to use the word edgy, but scary in terms of the the, the realities we live in. That's the layers to me. Is 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 it? We graduate right to more horrific shit. Right. And, and back in those days, that was as horrific as it was going to get for the time. And now that we've gotten into new levels of horrificness, you go back and you look at that and you go, yeah, I get it. But now it seems tame. Yeah, but that one's more about like the, 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 the devil inside of us, you know, where, you know, this this is actually uh, and how he's possessed, how he's possessed into this place. But that scene where the uh, where he, he all of a sudden he finds some beautiful girl in the oh in the bathtub oh yeah that was yeah that got you didn't it oh yeah when they cut to that bitch's backside <laughs> and it looked like Ross Perot naked nigga I, I was I was yeah um but I'm gonna tell you uh like let me tell me if I'm wrong the, the story was the place he was in was haunted right well. It had past lives is what it seems like. Yeah, so yeah, haunted. I guess haunted, but if no one else is, or, or his connection to the house, like maybe reincarnation, I, 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 I didn't study The Shining, but I, the way I look at this is the, the other people weren't being haunted by anything. Well, the kid was. The kid's being haunted. But yeah, the house is haunted. Yep, the house, the, the hotel has, has entities or energy from, from, from past 
a guest. Right. Okay. Because I kid, just wanted to make sure I was tracking that. Yeah, because the kid can see it, and he can see it, and obviously Scatman Crothers can see it. But uh, obviously it's Shelly Duvall. She's too skinny to pick up the reception, I guess. Dude, speaking of that, um, I don't know if you remember, but we talked about this when we were talking about the Star Wars movies. And I said, back in the 70s and 80s, I don't think looks were as important in film where it's like it's mandatory today, like it's the first thing on the list. Because, you know, knowing, and I know Jack's playing a character, but even in, in him playing a character, I still see some of Jack Nicholson in it, which was his, you know, his, his, his bravado for, you know, we know Jack is the guy, he's the movie star, but he likes bad broads with him. I, I could not believe that Shelley Long was his woman. Like, I, I just, I didn't buy it. I mean, she just, oh, dude. Did, like, I, I, literally, I literally ordered two days ago Popeye. Because I grew up watching that movie, and it was one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. And I went, dude, she was perfect for olive oil. Yeah. Other than that, why did she get cast in this movie? Okay, I don't know why she got cast in that movie, but I will say this, because I, I disagree with you a little bit on this, because in the, scene, in the scene where he starts off and he goes for the interview to get that job, and they're riding, they're riding a Volkswagen Beetle back up to the place, you can see this is right. a guy who's not on the top of his game. This is a guy who's who's struggling in life. So that was his struggle wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I was pre-making it. Yeah. So I so I bought I I, I bought into it. I bought into that. But you're right though. I um uh, about in the seventies or sixties and seventies, it wasn't just about looks because I, I was reading this thing about James Bond. And uh, Sean Connery, and the reason I bring this up is because I was watching, uh, I watched uh, Chinatown last night, and Jack Nicholson's in that too. And uh, these guys were they, were, they were making these actors famous while they were, their hair was thinning. And Sean Connery, in the first two James Bond, he doesn't wear a wig. He's wearing a piece after the, uh, after, in, in three, in Goldfinger. Is it Goldfinger's two or three? No, I forgot which one. Right. Three. But anyway, he's wearing a piece in that one. And they said, well, he had enough hair, and with the proper lighting and everything, uh, they were able to uh, use his regular hair. And I just thought about that in today's terms. If you went in for a movie, for a read, and you were everything that they wanted, but you were missing your hair, unless they could get you hair, I don't think they would cast you anymore. Not, not to be the anchor of, of something that could be uh, multiple uh, films. Right. Um, it depends on how dashingly handsome you are, because I, now that you brought up James Bond, I remember I was watching a documentary about all the Bond movies, <clears throat> and I forget the, the name of the two guys, Ian Fleming. I forget the the, the other guy that helped create it. Uh, but long story uh, short, Harry Saltzman might have been. Yeah, yeah, might have been. But long story short, when they finally got around to hiring Sean Connery and getting ready to make their first Bond movie. They did a special screening. And one of the top-notch guys said he had his wife with him. And he turned to her and he said, he asked her, would you make love to him? And she said, in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, I, and he I, goes, that's when we knew we had the right guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, 
But today, I think that when they look at you, they, they want you to be, well, you know, I don't know what, you know, that's the funny thing. And you're, you're obviously, you're, you're way more Hollywood than I am, so I can ask you this. What do these guys look like, though? Now, like, not on screen. I mean, does Tom Cruise look good off screen? He looks like he looks like he's got money. <laughs> I mean, does he? Yeah. Like, can you, can you, let, let me tell you something. There's there's an aura, like an invisible light, that shines on some of these motherfuckers. And I, because I'm telling you, with the success and the money and the happiness and the no stress, like when I first met Will Smith, there's a Brad Pitt. There's a glow. You can't see it. It's it's like a heat wave, and the distance you just see. Shit shaking. There's a there's an aura around these niggas. Nigga half had it. It was dying, but he had it. I'm telling you, man. It, it's money is a, is an amazing thing. You know, money might be amazing, but let me ask you this question though. And this this is just for me in my head. Comics, I don't think ever get that aura, even when they make that kind of money. They still seem disenchanted, unhappy. I, I can't believe it. nothing's ever right. Well, it's funny. I remember I I, talk, I ran into Neil Brennan the last time we did, uh, which was ages ago, the Montreal Comedy Festival. And I was talking to Neil, and I said, "Dude, what is it like now with Chappelle?" And he's he he basically described the same thing, not necessarily from a look standpoint, but more of a. It's like a walking God. He's like a walking Bigfoot, like a walking, holy shit, there he is. He said, you know, pardon me, the guy breathes into the microphone and the place goes crazy. You know, uh, and I understand that because with success, that shit comes. But on top of the fact, he's such a phenomenal comedian, I just think that raises the bar. Yeah, I get that, and I and I get where he has that kind of uh, that, that 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 allure to people because I, I remember that uh, video when he was in uh, New York, and New York doesn't doesn't get up about anybody. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're excited that someone came, and but when uh, he was at the comedy at uh, the comedy cellar, that whole street filled up right there on McDougal. Right. So I, I get that part, but Dave himself, he doesn't have. Like when I listen to him speak, it's way different than when you see a Hollywood actor speak that's that's had success. Yeah, yeah, because he's not Hollywood. Yeah, but I don't know a, co- a comedian that feels Hollywood like that. That's made. Oh shit! Well, I don't know who. Do we hung out with Russell Peters? Russell Peters, from all accounts, has made it financially success. Yeah, but not 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 on not not in a Hollywood way. Okay. Like you, when you, you, okay, perfect. Kevin Hart. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you, I guarantee you there is a something about Kevin Hart. Because before, when Kevin was on his way to blowing up and I told this story before I was at a club in Miami and it was Kevin Hart, Trey songs and fabulous. And they were all standing on this riser off the floor and I mean, it was packed. Everybody was pointed in their direction. Camera phones were out. Bodyguards, security. And at one point, I looked over and I was like, yo, Kev. And Kev seen me and he whispered to his bodyguard, like, you know what? Let him in. He's cool. 
And but I had to like, you know, wait for eight minutes before the, the king summoned me to the throne. So, you know, yeah. there's some Hollywood motherfuckers out there, dog. Yeah, I guess, but as 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 as, as, as what's the right word? As humble as he may come across, I think attitude wise, Seinfeld is very Hollywood. And I, I got that off the comedian thing. Well, <sighs> He's also very uh, socially inept from my understanding of him. Uh, he likened it to being like on the spectrum, uh, you know, the, the autism Asperger spectrum. And from what I hear from people that do know him is that he doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have the social grace of a lot of people. He actually just says or does, and you see what he is. So, yeah, yeah, maybe in that aspect, yeah. But Kevin, when you brought up Kevin Hart, yeah, but even at, maybe he wasn't at that top yet, but I thought he was at the top. When he tried to get on uh, onto the, the riser at the Super Bowl when the Eagles won, he got checked there. Yeah, listen, there's always exceptions to some rules. But for every one of those rejections, he gets a million yeses. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the to the shining for a minute. Yeah. Cause because you know, for a long time in your joke when you talk about your son and you do the red rum, yeah. I never knew where that came <laughs> from. Is that where you got that? Yeah, that's what it is. It's from the shining. It it's iconic okay, and most people most people know what it is. Right. So my question though, my, now that I saw that, I was thinking, because the way you do it and the way the boy did it. I'm, I, I go, I made the connection that Red Rum was from the movie now that I saw it. But, and this is just me throwing this out there. When you grab when you go, Red Rum, Red Rum, as opposed to the kid when he goes, Red Rum, Red Rum, Red Rum, Red Rum, right. Red Rum, Red you Rum. Did it, right, exactly. If you did it more like that, do you think that would be better or no? You know, I, I, I don't know. It might be, and I can do that, but I'm so shitty at doing voices and sounds, impressions. You know this for a fact, uh, how bad I am at it. And so I've never tried to make it sound like that. You know, I've worked a long time to do a Jack Nicholson, and I can't do it. Like, I can do it, but I have to – It take, and this, this is something that I think you know from other people. that I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I, I don't have a good ear. So I would have to do Jack for like five minutes before I could get it to sound enough like him that I could go do it. But then after I'm on stage for five minutes, it's gone. I, can't, I couldn't do it again. Right. And you know what? I'm not even saying that I could be totally wrong. It might not make a difference at all. And again, prior to me seeing the movie, I didn't know where that reference was from. So now that I've seen the movie, I can go, oh, okay, The Shining. And most people probably do already do that but because i do have an ear for that kind of shit if it sounded more like the kid i was just making the connection yeah that that would solidify well it. it probably would it probably would be better but on the other hand you never seen the movie before and as soon as you saw that you knew where it came from where i got that from right so i mean it connects right. it still connects but you're right i could probably put some more effort into doing that i just I don't know if you noticed, even when I do my, my kids' voices, I really don't change from, 
I just say my kid, and then I do my my voice. Right. I'm really bad, and I don't I don't think it's laziness. I just don't. I, I think it might be confidence in me changing a, right. a, a voice. Like I just don't have that skill. And when I used to work with people, um, like Norm McDonald, I worked with one weekend, and at the end of the weekend, I could do Norm, and I was able to do him for about three days. But after those three days went by, it was gone. I just don't have that. I have to hear it. I don't have that. That that t- you just have great tone where you hear it, and I can't do that. But I could do that because right now, when you asked, when you said it, I mean, I was able to do it. But uh, right. I, I, I like that movie a lot, man. I do like that movie. Did the two little girls scare you when the kid was rolling, 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 and then again, again, that's what I'm saying. Like that's where it felt dated. That's where it felt dated because like. Seeing the two little girls, the twins and the dresses holding hands, I felt like, you know, for the 80s or the 70s, that was something. Now it's like, oh, you know, it's almost like uh, we, 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 Elisa and I watched this movie uh, about a month ago called Evil Dead. I didn't know it was a remake off an 80s movie called Evil Dead. Yeah. So when I went to Amazon Prime and I watched the previews of both, the one from the 80s might be just as scary. It might be scarier, but the look is so dated. It takes you out of what you're supposed to be getting into. Yeah. And The Shining has a dated look. Well, Stanley Kubrick, who directed it, he likes to do those psychological things to you. And even in that movie he did with uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, and Tom Cruise, uh, I don't know if you remember this movie. I can't remember. It was the last movie he did before he died. That movie had all this psychological stuff. And it just, sometimes it just, for me, unless I'm in a room that I'm watching it and it's my sole focus, I I don't get into it. The only Kubrick movie that really kept me in and it's done in two parts was Full Metal Jacket. And that one, even though it's a period piece, though, I understand the period. So it's easy for me to stay with that. I don't know if you've seen Full Metal Jacket. Long time ago. Yeah, that's that's one. Is that the, is that is that the, Let me see your work, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Private private yeah, Joker. Yeah. Private Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kubrick's a great director, but I mean, you have to really be like that scene when in in The Shining where he's typing and typing. You just see him typing. He's working, working. Then she goes and she reads that. Uh, all working and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I mean, right. in the theater, we all went. <gasps> Oh, you know, because we, we we went there with her. We went there with her because she, you know, in in the character that she has, she's the only one that doesn't know that this house is 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 sending out messages or taking right. other people. Um, right. So I mean, it's interesting, and then and then that's the iconic scene too when Jack Nicholson Nicholson is breaking down the door and he goes, and I guess I think he ad libbed it. I'm not I'm not 100 percent positive. I don't think that was in. Uh, I remember reading something about that where he goes, "Here's Johnny," and uh, that did that get that was. I mean, I thought that was really interesting because it's such a like a scene where you're like freaking out, and then he cracks a little joke like that, uh, and it stayed in character. That's what that's what made him uh, Jack Nicholson such a great actor too. He did a joke in the middle of a scene like that, and it was still stayed in character. No, listen, he, if he don't know how to play nothing else, he knows how to play a motherfucker that'll put some tingle in your spine. 
So on the movie itself, though, I, and I, I know we, we kind of just glanced, glanced over. We didn't do a, a whole review. Let, let's break it down a little bit. What did you, what'd you think of the movie overall? Would you recommend it to people? Do you think it's something that they need to see to understand uh, the, the, that, the scary genre, that mental? Or, or you could live your whole life and never seen it and been okay. No, I'm glad I finally saw it because it's one of those like Serpico and Dog Day Afternoon where if you have respect for the art of acting and these iconic people, you don't want to say you've not seen it. But do I, would I want to watch it again? Nah. On a scale of one to ten, ten being get out? Mm, it, was a, it was a six, maybe. Maybe, maybe I could see, I could see that. I mean, at the time I saw it, I thought, I, I thought the the mental aspect of it was so high. I, I really enjoyed it, uh, and those little girls scared the shit out of me. Like if I saw two little kids, but remember what? You, okay, but you just said it at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's different yeah. now. I mean, yeah, we, we're exposed to more. Things are scarier. If we're going to be uh, possessed or haunted, we need more. But. I still enjoy. I, I still liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, I don't like, know. remember. Remember. Re- Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I well, I don't know. Like how I would recommend it. No, now that you now that we're talking about it, I don't know how I would recommend it. At one point, I would say, yeah, you got to see that. But now, now, if I said it, I guess I would say you need to see it to understand the genre and where it came from. I guess I couldn't say that Some- it's going to rock you. Somebody would have to ask you. And they would have to specifically use the word, hey, man, what's a good classic horror movie? Yeah. They have to, it's almost like going into a restaurant and you got to be specific. Man, y'all got escargot. What's a good place that serves snails? <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. it, it's, it's got to be, it's almost like, dude, if you, if you notice, once upon a time ago, anytime they did movies about zombies. Yeah. The zombies always walked at two miles an hour. I forgot what movie it was. I want to say it was the one with what's the actor's it's name? The one with Will Smith. They run. They move fast. Well, no. Before this, though. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Mackay Pfeiffer and and uh, Ving Rhames, where they get trapped in the mall. But the first time we oh, saw yeah. zombies run after people, it was taking it up a level because prior to that, they all walked slow and. Well, they're dead. So they don't really, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but now that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Times have changed. Yeah. It's time to turn it up. Well, they, you know, they're dead. They don't really have anywhere to go. They're taking their time. Yeah, but, but, but <laughs> it, it's, a different, it's a different squirm in your seat. Yeah, yeah, it is. With but, motherfuckers that are running at you. Have you seen the original Dawn of the Dead? Because I think you're talking about Dawn of the Dead is the one that you saw in the mall. It might be Dawn of the Dead. But the original is it Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. The original in one. In black and white? The, uh, that one, the black and white one is uh, Night of the Living Dead, I think. Okay, you're right. And that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> of course, I saw it when I was a kid. Dude, that's funny, too, because movies like that, at that time that movie was made, they didn't have a black lead character. Right. Night of the Living Dead was one of the... It, it was an independent... That was an independent movie at the time, and it had a black leading actor. Did that make? Did did you notice that as a as a as 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 a kid? Did you notice that? Of course, because you know my father pointed that out. I, I, I was just curious about that. You see, so you did notice that. 
yeah, and you know, it's funny. Here's my question to you. Like, again, I was a kid, so of course it scared me. But even if I wasn't a kid, at the time, black and white, yeah, it would have seemed scary. Do you think that they could do a movie, horror movie today in black and white? And that would make it fearful like that. Yes. Like if they did it yes. in black and white, would it work? Yes, I think it would. Because uh, Quentin Tarantino's experience ex- uh, played with that a little bit in his movies with the black and white to change the way the blood looks so that you have to, so that you do that to your own brain. Mm. What movie did he do in black and white? He, he uses black and white in, in, in the, uh, the Kill Bill movies. He doesn't make, they're not all black. It's not black and white through the whole scene, but a lot of the scenes, like when they're doing the, there's some black and white when they're doing the uh, in the bar room where she's cutting up that whole gang. Right. And there's some blood splattering. Uh, a lot of that's done in black and white. I think there was an, uh, there's a couple scenes that, that, that are done in black and white. But he, he plays with it a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, oh, okay. I, I think he could. But let me ask you. This. I, I wanna, I, I'm asking this seriously as, as just trying to understand. And I want to know. I, these are some good white dude asking the black dude questions right now. Do you think that the movie uh, that Night of the Living Dead was scarier because there was a black dude? If it would have just been white people in the movie, as a black kid, does that change the perception of the movie? Like, this could happen to black people? Or did, when you watch movies before and it was just white people, that's white people shit. I, you know, to be honest, I don't remember that being a thing. I just thought it was a scary ass movie. Scary ass movie. Okay, so it, it didn't change. Yeah. It didn't change anything. Do do black people fuck with nah. James Bond? Of course, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I've been watching James Bond movies right now. I've been trying to go through them. They're free right now on whatever platform that I have out here, <clears throat> and so I've been trying to watch. Yeah, them. I, I I love James Bond, but I I really got to be in the mood for it. Um. But I really do want to switch gears and talk about this for a second. So, dude, listen, and, you know, I'm, I'm not big on investing in shows. Breaking Bad, yo. Dude, I, I told yo. you. Don't, you don't know how many emails I got. And shout out to all the people who sent emails. I'm sorry I don't have your names in front of me right now. Everybody's like, get Aries to watch that. You guys need to talk about that. Breaking Bad. How many episodes did it take you to get into it, though? Oh, dude, listen, I, I, I watched the entire first season and then I'm two episodes into the second season. Now, I got to say this because I'm a diehard and I'm always stick my guns. Still, the undisputed heavyweight champ of TV shows and characters, The Sopranos. No one will ever beat The Sopranos. Uh, number two, James St. Patrick, Ghost Power. Breaking Bad, Walter, was it Hill? Is it Walter? Walter White. Whatever his name Walter is. Walter White, Walter Hill. Yeah, different. Walter White, Walter yeah. White. Something. Uh, he might be coming in at number three. And incidentally, I saw on Instagram where Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher on The Sopranos, and I, I don't know his real name, but he played Bobby Bacala. They've started their own podcast called Talking to Sopranos. Yeah. Or, or all they do is talk Sopranos. So I want to try to see if I can get on that. But back to Breaking Bad. Um, Brian Cranston actually did a skit on Mad TV. And I, and we all you know remember him from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, Dude, he is one of the few dudes who do comedy and drama to perfection. It, it, without a doubt. Without a doubt. His Malcolm in the Middle, him on that show, 
But he plays the straight guy in the show, though, in Malcolm in the Middle. So he always has a balance on him, but he plays it as a human. Yeah, yeah, but but, but very few dudes can pull off comedy and drama. It's either they're one or the other, yeah. not both. That he he's he's spectacular, man. Now, Fucking spectacular. He's great. And what's what makes Breaking Bad amazing to me is like you just brought up the Sopranos, right? And I, I agree with you, Sopranos is one of the best series ever, if not in the number one series. But what makes Breaking Bad interesting is you can't be a soprano. You you know what I mean? Very few people could be in that world, were are are allowed to be in that world, have you know, worked in that world. But anybody <laughs> Anybody with some, you know, can sell some drugs. I mean, any, you know, this guy's a teacher. I mean, obviously he has a science background, but it, it's funny that, you know, he's playing a regular guy. So the reason I think the popularity behind a lot of this is a, anybody could relate because they relate to the problems that he had, you know, and, and the reason why he did it. And so that's the buy-in. That's the buy-in because you can put yourself in that place if you, if you can bend your morals because you're in this situation. So that- well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much deeper into the series. And don't tell me, cause I want to find out if he ever truly gets violent, but seeing him have to go, okay, I'm doing something illegal. I'm making crystal meth, no murders. I don't want to have to kill anybody. I just want to make my drugs and keep it moving. I'm interested to see if he eventually gets to be involved in murder more. If he's going all the way there, how, is he really in or is it just really about the mess? Because I love the scene when he went to go, I forget the drug dealer's name, but he went to go get the money and kind of like revenge for his partner being put in the hospital. And clearly he has no guns. They search him. But then when he takes the, what was supposed to be or what was thought to be crystal meth, and throws it on the ground and blows up the building. I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm in." Yeah, you're gonna have to watch it because the development of that character is 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 what makes Breaking Bad so good, um, and why it's so well written. And I'm gonna tell you, I've been watching Better Call Saul, which is the movie, which is the the uh, spinoff uh, for the lawyer that uh, Bob Odenkirk is uh, is the, plays the character. You, you worked with Bob before, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Okay. I'm not going to ask you because you didn't say yeah. Okay. Um, no, no, bad. Go ahead. No, there's nothing. No, there's nothing bad. No, but Bob's cool. Oh, very, 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 very. Okay, that's what I was. I just want. I didn't want to go there if it wasn't. Going. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's very cool. Uh, uh, in 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 the Better Call Saul, where, and it takes place six years before he meets Walter White, and I just got into that uh, thanks to coronavirus. I just got into that because of it, and uh, it, it, dude. Uh, when you get into it, when you when you're done with that, you got to check this out because I, this dude, I, I kind of. I've, I've had I've had a couple I've had a couple people mention Better Call Saul, and I've seen the previews. I don't know, dude. I didn't like. It took me three times know. to get into it. First time I watched it, I thought, oh, they're trying to make this a comedy, and it's not a comedy. This is not a comedy. I mean, it's funny things that are in it, but it's not a comedy. And then the character, because you meet, um, um, what's his name, uh, Goodman, uh, Jimmy, you meet him already kind of developed as the character in Breaking Bad. But the development of the character 
Uh, it takes you a while to, to accept that and then roll with it. And once you do, oh my God, it is, this is I'm like the, the writer for uh, this. What's his name? Oh, fuck, I don't even remember his name. Um, I'm going to look it up right now because it's too good not to. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, the way that it's written and directed, all of these are just, uh, yeah, the, 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 the uh, scene where Walter's family gives him gives him the intervention. Yeah. That acting that that moment, oh man, the acting is just yo, this the, the dude is yo, he's, he's a heavyweight, man. He's a heavyweight. Yeah, Vince Gillen is uh is the uh, the creator. Uh God, he's good. The writing, the directing, it's just real so yeah. Um, get into this. Uh, I'm going to, and actually, uh, I'm almost caught up on the better call Sauls and I'm going to go back and rewatch the, uh, uh, all the breaking Bads, so that, um, when you say, what's the guy's name, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll have a chance of remembering what the names are. Well, my question to you is why are you not watching power? You know, because I never used to watch TV until this started. You know what? I'll put power on the list. Dude, you got to, I'm telling you, man, you got to watch. Power. I, I will. I will. I'll put like, it on and I'm t- I, again, I, I, I really don't think anything holds up there with Sopranos. But power is right there. And, and a lot of black people always give me shit because I say The Wire was overrated. It was cool. The first two seasons with Idris Elba and Wood Harris, to me, were my favorite. Once they left, it was cool. But The Wire is almost like Scarface for black people. It's the Bible. Well, I get that, and I and I and I like the Wire. I just never seen it all the way through. I, I've watched different seasons, and I, and I haven't completed that one. I would like to now. Now, like as I said, we got another three weeks of this shit, so I'm sure I'm going to get through a lot. I think I saw all uh, every Law and Order SVU. I know more about rape than I ever thought I was going to know in my whole life. Uh, so. Oh, well, there, like, <laughs> boom! There you go. <laughs> how about that one folks i i don't i don't understand how this thing's been on you know i, I i'm happy that uh ice t is getting to make his money uh but that show man um you know just a lot of rape um <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but uh hey i don't want to throw us off and i, I do want to and I, I would like to talk about james bond at one point but i gotta ask you i gotta ask you the reason i was gonna ask you some of these questions is E, uh, there was talk of Idris Al- Alba being uh, James Bond. Did you hear that? Oh yeah, but I've been heard that. You th- how how would how would that change? How would it change it? Would it make it better? Would it make it worse? Would it make it the same? Because I've always been. I, I don't. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I don't think it'd make any difference other than the fact that you're looking at a black dude. No, I, I th- think everything would play just the same because he's super smooth. That's all it has to be is a super smooth character. Yes. Yeah, but so now, but now, but would more black people be into James Bond then? Again, I'd love to know what the numbers are officially, but I think you know Bond. At the end of the day, it's a man's movie. Yeah, and and, and when something is a man's movie, color don't matter. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but it's it's, dude. If you get a chance to watch some of the early episodes, if you start one, two, and three, I'm telling you, the James Bond movie it plays out like if you were reading a transcript from harvey weinstein's sexual escapades i mean it is (laughs) it is so man aggressive that this listen listen 
I, I know we mentioned this on the podcast. In a, in a couple of those earlier James Bond films, he slaps bitches. No, no, he did. Uh, Pussy galore. He slapped her four times yes. in a row. And and little yes. shout out to her. She just she just passed away uh, yesterday. I think she was ninety two, but she lived to ninety two. So, I mean, yeah, you deserve rest. Ninety two is a little. You know. I, I, forget, I, I, I forget what what movie it was with Sean Connery, but I know he either it was her bra or it was her bikini top. Motherfucker took the snatched the bikini top off and did some hand tricks and turned it into handcuffs. With the bitch still in them. See, I and listen. This is where I was going with all this. The the the, the disappoint. Oh God, I got it. I want to say this the right way, and I'm not- ah the good old days when a man could slap abroad and she accepted it, brought her senses back to us. <laughs> Woke her up. Um, Woke her up. She was sleeping. And there's nothing like a good backhand to be your alarm clock. Wake up, bitch. It's there there was something about the time that this movie was made that is so campy. You know that isn't like I I, I and I wasn't alive at that time. I don't I don't think guys were walking down the street slapping people in the slapping women in the face. But it was campy. It was like this super sexual uh and what would be deemed today as a predator. Uh but not to be able to play the Bond in that way anymore. Because now Bond has to be uh, like the darker character that is, is out now. So I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that how times have changed and kind of killed that. Because Bond can never be that Bond. When I was watching that, I was like, seriously? Oh, my God. No, he, 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 can't, he can't ever be that Bond. No. But he still is the womanizing Bond. But, the, you know, he's still a womanizing role. Yeah, it's a womanizing role, but it's but there's like a predetermined consent because he is so cool. But it's such a it, it, I guess it would be a tough character to play today. It it really is. So whoever plays it, how they play it is is important. But I really, uh, if you get a chance, man, check those out. Um, no, no, listen, man, I I could because my dad again his number one dude was Sean Connery. So we only had one TV in the house. So when he watched Bond. We watch Bond, but uh, so I grew to love Sean Connery. I, James, what's his name? Roger Moore was my least favorite. Um, George Lanzaby did one, which I liked that one. Timothy Dalton, and I, and you know, I enjoy Pierce Bronson and Daniel Craig. But Sean Connery, hands down, is your number one. Oh, Sean Connery is the Michael Jordan of the Bonds. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Uh, we're at an hour, man. Do you want to you want to call this the end of this week's podcast? Sure. Why not end on a slapping a bitch note? <laughs> uh, I want to. That end. is the epitome of cool, nigga. When you can slap hoes and they get wet. Uh, uh, and her name is Pussy Galore. On top of it, and your name is Pussy Galore. <laughs> Dude, I don't even think that you could call a, a chick Pussy Galore in a movie. Even though it's so campy and so funny, I don't think you could do it today. It was the '60s, Andy. Octopussy. You could call them whatever you wanted to. Octop- they had no rights. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, pussy. Make my eggs, you bitch. So, uh, maybe we should throw out some new episodes. Yeah, we. I'm with it, man. Um, um, I, I know we got a ton more shit to watch. 
to discuss. Uh, and like I said, hopefully this thing ends in the next two to three weeks. But, you know, rumor is June, July, maybe August. Yeah, but I hope we can travel before, at least out of the house and around. Dude, I would like to be able to go to New York and do fucking comedy. This is, this is how I believe. This is how, what, you know what everybody said, why you say, like, I don't have confidence or whatever, and that I always play down. And I'm, because I moved to New York so I could come do comedy, and the universe decided it would rather shut down the world than let me go do comedy in New York. Welcome to my world. <laughs> I always feel like everything that negative happens is personal about me. <laughs> Dude, the universe does not want me to go to New York and do comedy. That's how I felt about it. I mean, so, you know, if we can at least travel around and even, even if it's, you know, not have a full room and they have to have less people in the room, I, I mean, I'd go anywhere to go do comedy right now. But that being said, maybe we could throw, we can call each other. Like, I'll call you tomorrow. Maybe we can get another episode in. But let's, uh, you want to touch base and keep Throwing out little, even if it's little podcasts, we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and before we, we get off this, what are you more nervous about? The fact that when we do get back to doing the road, people might not show up because they're going to be busy trying to make money to catch up on their rent and they don't want to spend no money. Or if they do come out, we're going to both pull a Frank Sinatra and not remember the jokes because it's been so long. Dude, you've seen me on several occasions when I haven't done a joke for taking a few weeks off. I forget lines. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm worried about that. But I, 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 I don't know if this is true or if I just feel this way because I'm locked up in the comfort of my house and I can say this. I think we're going to – I know I'm going to – I'm almost positive I'm going to sound different on the road than I do now. Because, honestly, as much as I used – and I still care uh, about hopefully some finding some success in this. or do. I realize just how much I love doing this just – just doing this and my and, and I always want it to be um, accepted by the comedy community like I want them to go yeah he's a funny dude we you know you know he, he he's in I, I there's no in and it took this for me to see that I just need to do I just need to be funny to me and if I'm funny to me and everybody else hates it that's if other comics hate it I can't give a fuck about that anymore so right. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, the, to, to this. But, yeah, I'm afraid that I'm not going to have a lot of the, – the old jokes aren't going to be there as well. And so I'll have to fix that. What is your fear? Uh, it's a little bit of that. But, but like anything else, once we get past the first show, I'll relax. I'm worried about people's attendance. Yeah, because your name's on the door. So that makes a big difference. You know, your name's on, on the marquee. And so you have to get people to come out to see that, that, that I don't, I, I don't suffer that. Um, so yeah, that would, that would be tough. And, and you know, those first weeks I do think are going to be slow when we come back. I think people are going to be a little weary about uh, being in groups and it's going to be up to the clubs to see how they set up the room. So that people don't feel like they're on top of each other. Like we were before. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to make any changes. We'll, we'll, we'll see. All right, well, there it is, boys and girls. Uh, uh, thank you for hanging out with us again during these uh, ridiculous times. We'll see you wait, wait, wait. next I, I, week. I, there's something i got to ask you really quick before you go. We will see you next yeah. week. Did you do that comedy show on uh, for the Laugh Factory? Because we talked about that in the last episode. Did you do the... No, I didn't. I, no. Jamie, Jamie called me and said, uh, 
buddy, just do it next time when you have more time, buddy. Because he really wanted me to do 30 minutes, and I just wasn't going to. I told him 10. I, I don't see how people want to do 30 minutes with no laughter. Um, you know who they should get I can't to? see how you want to do 10. Do you know who should be doing this right now? Radio DJs. Well, I'll tell you what, what was kind of cool. Um, Bob Sumner and uh, Def Comedy Jam from, did a thing where Cedric the Entertainer hosted basically stand-up from, from his channel or whatever. And they did have like earthquakes and a, and a bunch of comedians do some time. Uh, but what I did do was they had a roundtable sketch where they had Godfrey, me, Atheon Crockett, Jay Farrow, and C. King all do one impression apiece talking about coronavirus. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, we that. Well. So you, so you had Kevin Hart, Denzel, Paul Mooney, Steve Harvey, and Russell Simmons talking about the coronavirus. That that's that's cool. That's the smarter. I just I, I I just couldn't I could not stand in front of there without getting any connection to somebody and and just doing jokes. So uh, well, I'm I'm glad that's working out for you that way. Then and again, I apologize for interrupting your closing here, but uh, we'll be back. No 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 no. Well, yeah. So yeah, same back time next week. Same back channel. Uh, like Andy said, he might call me up. Might have a little bit of a bonus here and there. And there you go. All right, man. All right, brother. Uh, as always, stay safe. Uh, and yeah, man. Do your thing. Okay, and everybody, it was Ari's birthday this last week, so send him some happy birthdays on that uh, Instagram. Yeah, some belated shit. Uh, do you want to end with coronavirus? Coronavirus! Can you feel it, baby?